Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. How y'all today? Great. Okay. <laughs> Not going to argue with y'all this morning. It's good to have each and every one of you here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this time we have to come together in your house today to praise you, to worship you, to lift you up. Father, I ask that you just anoint this place this morning. Let the Holy Spirit move amongst us freely. Bind the hands of Satan, the demons that are come with him, and all the things that he brings into this place with us. Seal them off to where they have no effect over anybody's mind, eyes, or ears. Let them hear and let them see what God has for them this morning. In Jesus' holy name, we all said, Amen. Amen. Hey, y'all. I'm Andy. Who knows what day it is around up here? Pastor Appreciation Day. Pastor Appreciation Day. So, pastors, we need a JR and Charlie. Charlie, right. JR. What did I do now? Come on. Yeah, yeah, there, down there. Down there. Don't argue with me. No, I whoop you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Come on. Come on. I ain't going until he gets here. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I ain't going until he gets here. So, y'all look. I ain't stepping up here until he gets here. The ministry can be a very thankless calling. Right. You know, these men, they answer phone calls no matter what time, day or night they come through. These men are on their knees praying for us all. They are stressing and worrying about whether or not they're taking the church in the direction that God wants. This is their life, and this is the life that God chose for them. Amen. Once a year, we get the privilege, I get the privilege, of coming up here and speaking on behalf of the church and telling these two men how much we love them right. and how thankful we are to have them. Amen. So I'm going to give them their little presents and then I'd like to say a quick blessing over them. Yes. And if the deacons and elders could come up to say the blessing over the pastors, that'd be great. Go ahead, open your gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, what I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> I'm telling you, he throws trash on the floor at home, too. <laughs> Are we putting... <laughs> Gravy. There's no peel-off label. <laughs> Do you need rip it or what? You need glasses. Shoot your way through it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Shoot your way through it. <laughs> Mandy, what does it say? It says, hey, don't make me use my pastor voice. Oh. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. <laughs> you forgot to read the instructions. 
There was no instructions. Oh. Hey, don't make me use my pastoral voice. Do I have any other voice? No. You have sarcasm. We're pretty fluent in sarcasm. The amount of sarcasm you get is the amount of stupidity that you get. So what you think about that? Oh, Lord Jesus, help these two. Right? Amen. I know, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. I didn't go up there without my oil, but that's right. Should we just go ahead and start this? We already did, Charlie. What would we do? Mom is the sermon. No. No. So can y'all say thank you, church? We love you very much. I can't when I get through looking at my presbytery. When we're done, we will. Thank you for all the things you do for the church and the kingdom of God. I don't know who said that. Oh, when my God said that. Okay, thank y'all. Amen. <laughs> we, make, we read all of these before we start? No. Nah. No. We'll read them later. <laughs> you could read the card, though. It says, I did read the card. I've already read that. I was trying to read all this other stuff. You didn't read it to me. Charlie. No. <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> How blind are you? Thanks for being who you are and doing what you do. You're appreciated more than you know. Thank you for sharing God's love, not only with your words, but also with your life. Charlie, don't tell JR, but we like you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because what I see. <laughs> she said our presents are exactly the same. And my card said, Charlie, don't tell JR. <laughs> I don't know why she wrote that in my card for Charlie not to tell me, but now I got greasy. Yep, it'll be all right. You guys want to gather around? It burns. It burns. <laughs> Father God, thank you for the two men that you have chosen to guide this church, Lord. Thank you for all the work that they do, both inside of this church and out in the community, Father God. We ask that you give them blessings upon blessings upon blessings, Father God. We ask for financial blessings for them. We ask for health blessings for them. We ask for familial blessings for them, Father God. We ask that you just guide their every step, Lord, and let them know how truly loved they are, not only by our church, but by our community. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's one of my favorite songs that's ever been written about God. Tells a great story. Tells a story of what he did for us. But today we're going to do communion again, like I said earlier. On the, la on the last Passover of Jesus' life, he wanted to have the last dinner with them through the last supper that is traditionally done by the Jewish people to celebrate the Passover when, Christ, when God set the Egyptians, took the Israelites out of the bondage of the Egyptians. So Jesus wanted to celebrate that. There's a little bit of a thing in there. Y'all hear what I said? The Passover was done right at the beginning of Israel's being released from Egypt. Actually, that's probably what got it rolling and going. So there's some significance here. I want you to think about this for a minute. He set the Israelites free with a Passover meal before they were set free right on the last supper he came to set us free he came to set us free from the bondage of sin 
So the last meal kind of has a significance, doesn't it? Do y'all get the coalition I put between those two? The Last Supper and the last the Passover of the Israelites. So it's kind of combined, isn't it? It's a very important meal, very important to the Jewish people at that time, very important to us today because Christ did come to this earth to set us free. He broke the bond of sin on us. He sealed the covenant between him, God, and us that we could go back to the Father with reverence. So at the end of the meal, he took the bread, which was the custom, he took the bread in his hands and he said, Heavenly Father, this bread represents my body that I'm given as a sacrifice for your people. And he took and broke the bread and he told the disciples, take and eat of my body. And after they've eaten of the body of Christ, he picked up the cup. And the cup was filled with wine. And he said, this cup represents the blood that I'm going to shed for the redemption of sin. But it only not only was it for the redemption of sin, as we all have learned over our time being together, blood is a symbol that seals a covenant. When animals were sacrificed, they had to separate the carcass, and then the sinner walked through the blood. And that made a covenant between them and God about their sin, right? What is he saying here now? My body's been broken. This represents the blood that I'm going to shed to wipe away your sins. He said, take and drink of this. And they did. And when they had finished, Jesus gave them a little speech about how to live their lives and what to do. And he said, take this communion and do it often in remembrance of me. It's not about anything else. It's not about a religious tradition. Oh, we could get into that, couldn't we? It's about doing something that you confess Christ is your Lord and Savior. And we're not supposed to take it lightly, guys. We're supposed to do it with reverence to God. And if it's not done in reverence with God, it becomes a curse. Okay? So let's celebrate communion in the right way. And how often should we do communion? Often, every day, all the time. Do you have to have me lead you through it? I hope not. I hope you all have done it enough that you kind of know the, the whole ceremony through your own knowledge of it, and you can do it yourself. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you bless this communion service this morning, and that you open the hearts of each person in this room right now, that they can receive the message that you've laid out for me to preach. Open my mouth that I may speak freely. Loosen my tongue that I may be able to pronounce the words correctly. And Father, I pray that you open the ears that they may hear and the eyes that they may see. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Y'all ready to get started? Well, sit down. Hang on. I would tell y'all to buckle up, but there ain't no seatbelts there. We're going to go into Romans. And I know y'all hear a lot about Romans, right? Romans is a Romans is a good book, y'all. 
If you don't read Romans very often, you might ought to take some time to start reading it. But we're going to go to Romans chapter 2, and I'm going down to verse 17. Now, a lot of this stuff you've heard before, a lot of this stuff you've heard many, many times, and I promise you this, if you keep coming to this church, you keep coming around God's people, you're going to hear it many, many more times. Because it's so important that we get this. 17. Chapter 2, verse 17. All right. Everybody there say amen. Y'all ready to read in here? All right, here we go. God's law for our special... Ooh, I got to start over again because I started on the wrong line. If you are a Jew, you are relying on God's law for your social relationship with him. You boast that, you boast that all will between you self and God. Yes, you know what he wants. You know right from wrong because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a beacon of light for people who are lost in the darkness without God. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God. For you are certain that in God's law, you have complete knowledge of the truth. I'm going to stop right there. How many of y'all know the Bible pretty good? Come on. Raise your hands if you know it pretty good. How many of y'all know the law pretty good? How many of y'all know that living by the law, you're going to be judged by the law? And how many of y'all know that if you're judged by the law, what's going to happen to you? Being judged by the law is death. Because the law is death. That's sad, isn't it? God's law that he wrote for our benefit was turned into a curse of death. A lot of people don't want to face that. A lot of people want to think God's word is solid and that it's there for our redemption and it's there for our, our salvation. It's there to teach us to be better people. Two of those statements are true. But the law was designed by God to give us a guideline of how to live. But what's the devil do with something that God wants to use good? He takes it and he puts it in his hand and he does a twist on it. That law became not our way of salvation, but our condemnation. We're condemned by the law. Because how many of y'all in this room that know any of the laws of God can live up to them? Not a single one of us. There is no way none of us can live to those laws, those standards that he sets. So what did he do? Now in 2021, we know what he did to fix that. But back then, they had no idea, right? So they had to be taught how to live. And they were taught to follow the law to the letter. I'm not saying that following the law to the letter is not a good thing, because it would be. If we followed the law to the letter... It would be great. But being flesh sinners, we can't do it. So there had to be a recognition, didn't there? We know what that recognition was, but we don't didn't at that time. You are convinced that you are a guide to the blind and a beacon of light to people who are lost in the darkness without God. 
How many righteous? How many righteous thinking people think that their answer is the only way to God? We taught that a lot, aren't we? Religious beliefs are not a way to God. You cannot be good enough, live righteous enough to get to God. You can't do it. I'm sorry. You might want to, but you can't. So, you think you can instruct the ignorant and teach the children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law, you have complete knowledge and truth. I'm going to stop right there for another second. What is the truth? What is the truth? I'm going to ask again, what is the truth? Somebody knows. I am the truth, the light, and the way, says Jesus Christ. So I got to know Jesus, don't I? I am the truth. So do I know the truth by the law? Hmm. When then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal. But do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery. But do you do it? You condemn idolatry, but do you steal from the pagan temples? You are so proud of knowledge of the law, but you are dishonoring God by breaking it. No wonder the scripture says those the the world blasphemies the name of God because of you. The Jewish ceremony and circumcision is worth something only if you obey God's law. But if you do not obey God's law, you are no better off than the uncircumcised Gentiles. And the Gentiles obey God's laws won't give them all the rights and honors being his own people. In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's laws will be much better off than you Jews who are circumcised and know so much about God's law but don't obey it. For you are not the true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents and because you have gone through the Jewish ceremonies of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God, and the true circumcision is not the cutting away of, a body, of the body, but a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. Whoever has that kind of change seeks praise from God, not from people. That's kind of messed up, ain't it? Can y'all see where that's messed up? This was written as a reminder to people that your knowledge doesn't have enough standing. Your understanding of the law doesn't have enough standing. Your ability to read the law and follow the law does not have enough standing. Well, how do we get past this? How do we get past this thing that the law, we know what the law says, we understand it maybe. Sometimes we try to live by it, but yet we fail. So what's our hope? Where is our redemption at? 
You see, God's knowledge of the world is so much more than ours. He foresaw all these problems, and he knew what was going to happen when he wrote the law, right? So he prepared a way for us to cross out of that law into truth, which set us free from sin. Are y'all following me so far? The law doesn't set me free from sin. It drags me into sin. Points out the sin. But does that make me free from it? Just because I know it's a sin, does that mean I'm done with it? I'm, it's okay now because I know what it is? Knowing sin is sin is not an excuse. It's not even a redemption, is it? It's just another way of conviction. The law is a conviction. Now, am I saying the law is bad? No. The law is good. Anything God does is good. But our twisted minds and our twisted spirit and the people, the thing that we listen to, our original father, you might say, Satan will take that stuff and twist it around to where we can't use it. It has no benefit to us. And we die trying to live by it. And we go to hell. I know preachers aren't supposed to tell you that, right? I'm not supposed to tell you if you don't live the right way, you're going to hell. Well, get over it. Build a bridge. Suck it up, buttercup, because we're going to talk about it. Because the truth of the matter is, you cannot live by the law and go to heaven. There's only one way into the gates of heaven. I don't care what Oprah says. I don't care what Tom Cruise says. I don't care what any of these other people tell you. My Bible tells me there's only one way into the gates of heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. That's the only way. Anything else comes short, won't hold water, and it sure won't get you in the gates of heaven. So how do we get there? What do we got to do, guys? What do we have to do to ensure that we're living in God's standards. Romans 10 says, Whoever shall confess my name shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we got to accept Christ, right? Only answer to the whole problem. Why does that solve the problem? Uh-oh. Preacher just asked a hard question. Why does believing in Christ solve the whole problem? God paved the path across the gap with the cross and the blood of Jesus. Up until then, because of the curse of man, there was no way man could communicate directly to God. Other than God choosing certain people throughout the Bible. We all know the Old Testament. But the average person didn't have that experience. Every person on the earth could not get that experience. It comes through redemption of Christ every person on this planet every person on this planet can touch Jesus every person on this planet has a right to call on the name of Jesus oh but JR you don't know what I've done in my life you don't know how bad I was you don't know what drugs I did you don't know how much alcohol you don't know how many women I chased up and down the you don't know anything about that doesn't matter 
Have y'all seen the resume of the disciples? Have you seen the resume of the men of God in the Old Testament? There was murderers, thieves, prostitutes, tax collectors, thieves, uh, liars, doubters. It just goes on and on, doesn't it? Who's this God? Who did God choose? Who did God choose? It's a simple answer. Y'all ready? Everybody. And he used those people of sin and those people that were not high polluters to show that everyone is acceptable to Christ and God. Everyone has a right to come to Christ. Now, do I have a right to stay like I was? If I want to be miserable and I want to have a hard life, yeah. But really and truly, y'all hear a lot of talking about free will. I have free will. You don't have free will. I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have free will anymore. Once you make that choice to follow Christ, you no longer have free will. You fall underneath the law of the master. That's not freedom. Now, okay, all y'all that's white-eyeing me right now, stop it. Because what I'm teaching you is the truth. You may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. Once you choose Christ, you no longer live under that free will clause. Because my Bible tells me that if I'm not obedient to the Word of God, I will be blotted from the book of life. If I'm not obedient to His Word. That don't sound like free will to me. Does it to you? Sounds to me like I got to follow some rules and regulations. I got to be bound to my master. Ooh, y'all don't like that word, do you? You don't like being bound to something, do you? But you know what? I'd rather be bound to Christ and go spend eternity in heaven than to be bound to sin and die and go to hell. That's the truth, guys. You see, God's Jesus' blood broke the chains of my sin gave me the freedom of death. I'm no longer subject to sin. I don't have to sin. Does that mean I won't? But I'm not bound to the punishment of it. Now, some of y'all kind of like that idea, right? But you also have to follow what the book says. It says be obedient to the Word of God or I'll bust you from the book of life. Well, how do you know somebody's been saved? How do you know how they've been if they've been saved or not? Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? This is how you know if somebody's been saved. They ain't the same as they were before they kneeled down. There has to be a change take place in that person. What kind of change has to take place? Come on, what kind of change has to take place? Heart change? Mind change? Courage? Action, vocabulary, what else? Huh? Friends, faith, what'd you say? Mannerism, obedience. God, it sounds like everything has to change. Sounds like I got to do a 180 degree turnaround. 360 just brings you right. There's a lot of people do the 360 thing, but we don't do 360. It's 180. How does change take place? 
How does change really take place? Okay, that that's a given. We've got to give ourselves up to God. How does change take place? New heart. How does change take place? Mandy, Mandy went to church with me for five, six years. Annie now? You're still Annie today, okay. Annie's been going here about five or six years, and she finally got it. I, I preached on it for a year about obedience. Obedience to God is how you change. Where do we get our obedience from? Where do we get our obedience from? Y'all ready? Y'all want to see it? It's a really cool thing. It's called a Bible. The Word of God is our obedience book. A lot of people say Bible is a basic instruction manual before leaving earth. How about it's a basic, it's a basic instruction book to live in on the earth? We got to have instruction, don't we? Do we know God's ways by our, by our birth? Do we know God's ways just because we were born on the earth of God, created by him? Do we know his rules? Matter of fact, it's the complete opposite, isn't it? We're born of sin. We're born of the flesh. And if we're born of the flesh, guess what? We're flesh. And what is flesh to God? Sin. What do we do in the flesh that we can't do in God's spirit? Y'all want the list? We ain't got enough time. The short list, adultery, sexual immorality, lust, greed, jealousy, murder, lying, stealing, disobeying our parents, being adulterous. Oh, we can break adultery into a whole lot of things, can't we? There's a lot of things. Nicodemus talked to Jesus, and he said, do you follow the commandments? I follow every one of them. And Jesus says, no, you don't. No, you don't. Have you ever hated anybody? Have you ever had hatred in your heart for somebody? You just killed them. You murdered them. What about unforgiveness of things? You killed them. There, there's tons of... You can take this book and learn all the different avenues to what the Ten Commandments mean. And how many of them do you actually live? How many of y'all have been to the bank? Now, this one I'm going to get you on. How many of y'all have ever been to the bank and took out those things where it says take one to fill out to get your little, make your deposit or make your withdrawal? How many of y'all reached in and pulled out a whole stack of them, put them in your purse or your pocket or your glove box? Thief. <laughs> Thief. It says take one. It doesn't say take the stack. Huh? How many of y'all took the pin off the desk? If it ain't chained down, it's gone. See, that's the thing about that's the thing about trying to live by the law of God. There's so many variations of the law because Satan has twisted them up so bad that they're not in their purity anymore. The purity of the law is simple. It's easy to do. But when you start putting sin twist on it, it's not so easy. So why is it so important? Now we're getting into the meat of this thing. Y'all ready? 
Why is it so important for us to accept Christ as our Savior? Why is it so important that we acknowledge the fact that God gave his only begotten son to die on a cross where none of us would sin and go to hell? How important is that? I'm going to tell you something in your life. If you don't have Jesus in your life today, if you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, there is nothing else on this world that's more important right now than you to look at yourself and say, God, I'm a sinner. I am lost. I need your son in my life. I need to accept him as Lord and Savior. I need him to forgive me of all of my sins. I need him to come inside of me and change who I am and make me a better person. If you ain't done that in your lifetime, I feel sorry for you. I really do. I feel sorry for you because you have no idea what the blessing of knowing Christ is. How many of y'all can honestly say it's a blessing being saved? How many of y'all can say you've been blessed because you were saved? Y'all can't see it out there because the camera only looks at me. But every hand in this room is up because people that believe in Jesus Christ know that there's only one way to live your life, and that's through obedience to Christ and living for Christ every day of your life, every moment of your life. And how is that possible? How do I get to that point of where I listen to everything God tells me? Oh, change your ways, surrender. Uh, there's a lot of words coming out. Read the Bible. Here's the answer, guys. Y'all ready? Allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. Allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and lead you through what you don't already know. How many of y'all know the Bible from cover to cover? Every word, word in, word out. Not a hand went up. Not even mine. But who in this room does know the Bible from cover to cover? The Holy Spirit, because He inspired the writing of it. He knows what it says, and He knows what you need to do when you need to do it and how you need to do it. Oh, but yeah, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit stuff. <laughs> you don't believe in Jesus. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you got no relationship to God. And if you got no you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, you don't believe in Jesus, and you don't have no relationship with God, you only got one destination. And that's hell. And that's a place separated from God for eternity. Jesus was separated from God for just a, a few minutes. And what did even he do? He cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? Why aren't you looking at me? Why aren't you holding my hand? Why aren't you holding my heart? Why aren't you comforting me? Why, why have you pulled away from me? The answer? He can't look at sin. And when Christ was on that cross, he was covered with every sin of every person that's ever lived or will live on this planet. And God couldn't look at him. That was his son. What's he going to do with his creation that's covered in sin? What's he going to do with his creation that's covered in the sin? He's going to kick you to the curb, and you're going to trip over the curb, and you're going to fall into that pit called hell, and you're going to be there for eternity. 
That's all there is to it, guys. I know preachers ain't supposed to preach this, right? I'm supposed to make you leave out of here today feeling all good about yourself and that you're a good little Christian woman or man and you've done your right thing today. If that's what you came here for, you're in the wrong hole. You're in the wrong peg hole, okay? My job here is to teach you what God has for you and what God has done for you and what God will do for you if you allow Christ into your life. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to move in and guide you, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get through this world. You're going to get some bruises. You're going to get some stripes. You may even get a black eye or a bloody nose out of it. But in the end, you have eternity in heaven with God. Because Jesus didn't promise you that it's going to be a bed of roses. Matter of fact, he said, you will suffer as I have suffered. How did Jesus suffer? He was beat up, spat on, mocked, made fun of, called a liar. At one point in the Bible, he was even called a demon, a devil. So what do you got to look forward to? <laughs> Come on. More of the same. Nothing. They still call him a demon. There's people out there who still believe Jesus was just a man that walked on the earth that was a good man that could read. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's all he was. But you know who he was to me? He was my Lord and my Savior, my Redeemer, my sacrifice. He was everything that I need in order to get from this earth to heaven. If he's not that way in your life today, can I help you change that? Can I tell you that you can ask Jesus into your life today? It's a simple thing to do. You say, God, I'm a lost person. I'm a sinner, and I'm hurting, and I need your help. I believe in you as the Son of God. I believe that you have the power to save me. It's simple, isn't it? Then why aren't anybody doing it? Why aren't people doing it left and right? We look at the world today and we see all the, the glamour of the world. We see all the fine stuff. But can I tell you something? I've done a lot of funerals over the last 13 years. Been to a lot of them. There's two things I've never seen in a funeral. I've never seen an armored car, and I've never seen a U-Haul. You can't take it with you. When you're in that casket laid out, there's only a couple of things you have on you. And even that's ripped. Because they have to split the back of the clothes in order to be able to put it on you. So it's not even whole clothes. You come into this world naked. And I got news for you. You're going to leave this world naked. But I'm going to leave this world. I'm going to leave this world with the greatest love of God that could ever be. I'm going to be given a new robe, rings, crowns, jewels. I'm going to be given all that because my Bible tells me that's what God's going to do. And I believe it. My question to you today is, do you know Jesus? Do you have him as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that you know that you know 
that when you take your last breath on this earth, your next breath is going to be in heaven. Do you know that today? If you do, raise your hand up and say amen. If you don't know it, it's time to put your hand down, put your head down and start praying. I'm serious, guys. Oh, JR, I got plenty of time. You know, there ain't no big rush on this. How many people have we lost in the last two weeks at the age of 20 and lower that have all the time in the world, right? God is not a respecter of age. Who knows if you're going to be here in the next hour? I get tickled at Facebook because they always put that thing out and tell all your family you love them because you may not be here tomorrow. My thing is you better tell Jesus you love him because you may not be here tomorrow. And if you die lost, you're lost. That's it. If you die without Christ in your life, whether it's today, tomorrow, 50 years from now, 25 years from now, or if you actually get to stay here till the rapture comes, if you don't have Jesus in your life, you're dead. Because Jesus told Adam that if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Well, we all know Adam ate of the fruit, right? Did Adam fall out on the ground dead? Nope. He lived a long, long time after he ate of that tree. But can I tell you something? Adam's life, he was dead. He was dead to God. And that's what he says. When you eat of this fruit, you will be dead. Y'all like that movie, The Walking Dead? All you got to do is look outside. We're living it right now. There are people walking around out there that are living dead. They don't know they're dead. And they're looking for all the treasures and all the food and all the glory and all the stuff. They're dead. But they don't know it. And why don't they know it? Okay, y'all pick your feet up a little bit. It's going to hurt. It's our fault. Because we don't do what God calls us to do. We're supposed to go out and share the word of God. I tell people all the time, go out and share your relationship with God. Go out there and do it. And every once in a while, when you absolutely have to, open your mouth and talk about Him. What's the greatest testimony about God? How you live your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I know the hours are getting late and y'all are getting hungry and getting fidgety and all that, but... Sometimes God moves and it's the way it is. So this morning I want you to bow your heads. I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want you to listen to that Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. Are you where you need to be today? Are you in the middle of a disaster in your life that you don't understand? Are you in the middle of pain and agony, hurt, sorrow? If you are, my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can get through all this turmoil that I'm in, but I got to turn it over to Jesus. I got to tell Jesus, Jesus, take the wheel. Take over. Show me where I failed you. I know a lot of y'all in here have been saved for many, many years, right? Y'all. Went to the cross, you knelt down, you asked Jesus into your life.
My question to you is, are you living obedient to the Word of God? Are you doing it the way God told you to? I don't know, JR. If you don't know if you're leading the obedient life that God told you to, let me. can I help you with something? If you don't know that you are, you're not. And you need to get involved and get it fixed. Rededicate your life to Christ today. Rekindle that fire that was fired up inside of you years ago. Ask God for your forgiveness and then turn your life around. Because there's more important things in life than your paycheck. There's more important things in your life than your motorcycle. And y'all don't throw things at me, but that's the truth. There's more important things out there than what this world offers. A relationship with God through Christ Jesus is the most precious gift you'll ever get. And who's eligible for that gift? You are. But you got to ask for it. And you got to accept who he is. Dear Heavenly Father God, I brought the word that you gave me this morning. I preached it to the best of my ability. I hope and I pray that what I said in this place today touched somebody's life. I hope and I pray that it touches someone in this room right now, that they rededicate themselves to you or they change whatever they've been doing or they just get a little deeper into their study time. Whatever it is that they need to do, I ask that you show up and I ask that you show off and bring them to the place they need to be. Now, if there's anybody in this room right now, right here in this room, that needs a relationship with Jesus better, maybe the first time, maybe the second time, maybe the third time, I don't know, but you just know you need to reconnect to God this morning. I want you to raise your hand and say, I need more Jesus in my life. Every hand should be going up. Come on. Every hand go up that needs to go up. Every hand that needs more of God in their life right now, raise your hand. Everybody that knows that we need more Jesus, more God, more things. We need to be reunited with him. We need to be refired up. We need to be brought into an awareness of who he is. I want you not only to raise your hand up, I want you to stand up. There's nobody looking. Nobody knows who you are. Just stand up. Stand up in this room, all across this room. Stand up and say, I need more Jesus. I need more Jesus. I need more Jesus. Come on, say it with me. I need more Jesus. I need more Jesus. I need more love of God in me. I need to accept Christ as my Savior and move forward. Whatever the case may be that I need to do, I do it right now in the name of Jesus. Say amen. Be seated. You just ask Christ in your life again. Now, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do like that little song says, I'm going to take my fire and put it underneath the bushel? You're going to put your little fire under a, bu under a, bu under a basket where, Jesus, where Satan can't blow it out? Let me tell you something. If your fire ain't so strong that the devil couldn't blow it out with all his might, you ain't got the fire of God in you. We got it, you guys. Y'all made me holler. No, y'all didn't. God did. I'm telling you the truth. If your fire can be blowed out by the devil, you ain't got a fire. 
Get up and get on your feet. Come on. Get up and get on your feet. Let's go. Barbara, play us out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I ask that you bless this service today. I ask that you bring us into a place of where we need to be. I ask that the Holy Spirit dance upon our heads, on our hearts, and in our minds, and our bodies, and our souls, and that we become more and more like you every day, that we have the power, the strength, and the courage that comes only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.